Bravely Being, a podcast for sisterly conversation where we unpack life shit, stress, loss, emotional turmoil. We've all been there and it's normal. We believe it's time to bring these issues into the light, delve inward and move forward. So we welcome everyone on our journey and hope our conversations resonate with you as we lean in, listen and learn from each other. This is Bravely Being with Danica and Megan. Welcome to our very first episode. We're so glad that you're here. Um, We're going to tell you a little bit about ourselves and tell you about the podcast. This podcast came to me, Danica, um, while I was listening to another podcast. and, And it was with this woman that was being so vulnerable. She was talking about her trauma. She was talking about her experiences Um, emotional experiences and I thought it was just the most precious piece of audio (laughs) that I had ever heard and I wanted to kind of keep that ball rolling in um, the idea of having a podcast where people are being really vulnerable and opening up and talking about healing so I talked to my friend Megan and (laughs) we decided to start this podcast and we are so grateful that you are here And we really hope that something we say today speaks to you, and we hope you tune in to us again. Yeah, um, one thing that I loved when Danica approached me about this idea for the podcast was the idea of vulnerability and unpacking things that maybe we hesitate to talk about. And Mm -hmm. so we hope to just kind of lead a very authentic and vulnerable conversation about a variety of topics. And um, we're excited to be here. This is going to be so much fun, and I just love talking to Danica, and hopefully Danica loves talking to me. I do. I do. <laughs> and um, hopefully you like listening to us talk to each other. <laughs> and, you know, later on we hope to, like, bring in some guests, some friends that we know are yeah. masters in some other subjects and um, areas of expertise that yeah. we'd like to explore. And also at the top, we are not therapists. We're not licensed therapists. Um, I have a background as being a Peace Corps worker, where I was for the past two years, which we'll talk more about. And uh, Megan is a teacher, so we... Which is like being a therapist. Yeah, in in many ways. (laughs) Yeah, in addition to a lot of other things. But yeah, um, so we really just want to lead a sisterly conversation, but really conversation for anyone. We don't want to limit it to just women um, and just talking openly and honestly. Definitely. And um, we're going to start by talking about some podcasts that we admire that kind of inspired us. Um, through this process, and a big one for me is my favorite murder. I'm definitely a huge murderino. Karen and Georgia have helped me get through so much shit, and um, the past two years I was living abroad, and a lot of times the only English that I would hear would be from a podcast, and usually it was from my favorite murder, and uh, I also enjoy Life Kit. I love Code Switch. Um, kind of podcasts that are more informal, but also talking about big issues. Um, And that's another reason why I loved My Favorite Murder, because not only does it talk about murder and (laughs) comedy (laughs) and death, um, (laughs) but Karen and Georgia talk so much about mental health and therapy, and they really normalize therapy, so I'd love to further that idea with our podcast. And um, yeah, 
yeah, we both definitely go to therapy. Um, but with that, um, my podcasts that I listen to, I'm definitely a noob when it comes to podcasts, um, says someone starting a podcast with a friend. Um, but I'm not as well-versed as Danica, but some podcasts that speak to me, um, the first one that clicked was Bride Chilla. That one's an awesome <laughs> podcast. I am recently engaged. Um, I got engaged last June during quarantine to my lovely fiance, Michael. Um, shout out to him. We are using your computer right now. I will not spill water on your keyboard, Thanks, I promise. Michael. Thanks, Michael. We love you. Um, so newly engaged and um, trying to get into the idea of actually having a wedding post-COVID, which is just beyond me right now yeah which (laughs) with where we are politically and um as america but anyway um love bride chilla makes me happy um brings me a lot of peace and good ideas and a lot of laughter um i enjoy their candor um some other podcasts i love brene brown oh my god I just want her to be my mom or something. She's incredible. <laughs> She's everyone's mom. Yes. Dare to Lead is awesome. I love Michelle Obama's podcast. She is incredible. She needs to come out with more episodes, but that's a topic for later. You get that, Michelle? Yeah, come on, Miss Obama. I need more. Um, but anyway, um, and You're Wrong About is my new favorite one. Um, that's been fun to just learn about some new topics and to have some new things to learn about. So those those are the podcasts that I admire, or we admire, yeah. I should say. And with that, we are going to launch into Origin Stories, the title of Episode 1, um, specifically our 2020 Origin Stories, because mm. we're all messed up mm. from 2020. Yep, we're all kind of healing in our different ways, and things are still unraveling. So <laughs> this is such a huge time of transition, such a huge life-changing time as you'll here for both of us and really I think everyone in the whole world (laughs) yeah hopefully you can resonate with some of the things that we've been through in 2020 um again we were very very fortunate to have our health and um to only truly be impacted in um I guess ways that haven't altered our entire lives extremely negatively we have survived these um hardships but um, they've still impacted and morphed us in the past year. Definitely. So I'll start by introducing lovely, beautiful Danica. Um, <laughs> we have been friends since 2013, freshman in college at Florida Southern. Um, and we actually met through uh, sororities. Um, yeah, both of us rushed a sorority way back when, but we dropped that sorority, so we won't talk about it too much. Um, but Danica has always just, to me, has been... A very whimsical, fun, easygoing friend. She is a creative at heart. She is always hustling and doing something um, that helps her exercise her creative abilities and to grow and explore new facets of her creativity, which I super admire. She is always a thoughtful and fun friend to have around. And um, one of my favorite attributes of Danica is that she is the best adventure buddy there is specifically with road trips Um, adventure in any kind of sense we've um, traveled a lot together our first trip was um, going to the Blue Ridge Parkway in Asheville back in 2018 I think it was in fall um, we just took a weekend and said, let's drive north. And we yeah, just let... Anywhere from Florida. <laughs> yeah, we just let the trip kind of unravel from there. And 
Um, it was just very magical and fun. We just took any kind of opportunity and followed our intuition and stopped at like cat museums. There is a cat museum. Um, I don't remember what state that was in. Is it North Carolina? It's North Carolina. And it's recently renovated. Um, <laughs> just putting that out there. <laughs> cat museum. Yes. We it's should get beautiful. sponsored. <laughs> yeah. Sponsored by North Carolina's Cat Museum. Uh, Lord. Definitely wonderful. The old man there, um, I went there actually this past year <laughs> and he was renovating everything and he had like three cats that were just like there helping with the renovations. <laughs> it was really wonderful. But anyway. Yeah. So I would not want to go to any other cat museum with anyone else. It's just Annika. We also went to a cat village in Taiwan together mm. when she was... It's a theme. Yeah. It is a cat theme. Um, we, we've traveled a lot together and she is just... One of those people where if we see something that in interests us, we just stop. And, like, we don't really care about whatever plan we had or don't have. We just follow our gut. And those always ended up being the best, most memorable, fun trips of my life, I would even say. Um, was just going to Danica. So fun. Um, and beyond that, Danica is just very determined and resilient in um, one of the most gentle ways. Um, in 2020, she has been hit with a lot like tidal wave. a tidal wave Emotions. it's it's kind of like it rained bricks in her life um <laughs> which would suck um so danica was a peace corps volunteer in nepal and back in march um when covid19 hit the planet um she was evacuated and uprooted from this life that she created for herself um, a year and a half, two years in the making um, at the time, um, adapting to that culture and the language, and told that she had three days to say goodbye to her entire way of life um, abruptly and quickly so that she could get back to the United States to be safer. I don't know if it's truly safer here. She may have been better off I in mean, the village. Yeah, really it was just the flights. Um, they were canceling flights out of Kathmandu. And mm -hmm. really everywhere they were canceling flights um, yeah, at the time. So the U.S. government basically told everyone in Peace Corps and I think a lot of foreign, foreign service members in general that they had to be evacuated. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's just huge. It's a huge transition in and of itself, um, coming back from Nepali culture to a completely changed America. Um, in addition to that, Danica um, came to the end of a long-term relationship with another Peace Corps volunteer. We won't waste our breath talking about him too much, um, but <laughs> this asshole broke up with her while she was flying down to live with him for the summer. Um, he broke up with her while she was walking on the airplane. Yeah, pretty traumatic, especially during a time of COVID when you have a mask on and you're just crying through your mask. <laughs> yeah, and, no solace. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the most significant relationship I've had. And especially going through that traumatic experience in Peace Corps and having to be pulled out, like Megan was saying, to have that romantic relationship end very abruptly was also extremely traumatic and I can relate to all the people in quarantine that have lost a relationship or have ended a relationship and it's really difficult especially during this time yeah man on can we talk about disrespect I <laughs> god uh not worth our breath though so um beyond that Danica did not let that stop her she is a hustler at heart um and she of course like everyone else coming back 
to America or being uprooted from their livelihood um, has been jumping from job to job during quarantine um, slash 2020. But um, I think her path has just been so interesting to follow. She started off by creating a business um, in coordination with her dad um, called We Pack, where they packed up college dorm rooms of students who were forced to go home due to COVID. Um, it later on kind of coined the term she pack because it was really women. <laughs> it was run by women. Yeah, we were yeah. a woman business. Um, and she would incorporate her family members and um, sometimes I would come and help her too. And that was a fun phase of her life. Um, another phase, she was a seasonal worker on a farm in Cape Cod. Um, which was very dreamy. I think that was a really cool phase yeah. of her life during this. Um, and now she is currently nannying a very lovely, cute child. And Shout out to Oscar. Shout out to Oscar. He is very cute. And um, she is also working on her side hustle called Centerpoint Creates. Follow them on Instagram. <laughs> um, she creates really beautiful candles and earrings out of recycled beads and um, materials that she finds. Um, and she is very creative. As I said, creative at heart. Um, and on top of all of this... I feel like all of us can relate here that um, we have all had family trauma at some point during this year of being home, um, and we won't go too much into that, but um, she has experienced a lot this year. So let's dive into that a bit. Um, so Danica, what was it like to leave Nepali culture abruptly and to come home to a COVID-ridden America? That must have been a lot. Yeah. I mean, not only just COVID-ridden, but also Trump America, Trump America, which I had managed to avoid for two years. Um, That's the way to do it. Run to another country during yeah, literally this administration. There, there were a bunch of people in my group and the group before me that left just basically um, because of the administration. But not going to go that far into that. Maybe um, another episode. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, coming to America just in general would be a huge culture shock. You know, I was living in a village with limited electricity, no running water, you know, no toilet paper, like, for two years, which when everyone was stocking up on toilet paper, I found it extremely ironic um, <laughs> because I'd been wiping with my hand for two years. <laughs> Dumb Americans. <laughs> Basically. <No toilet> paper. <laughs> yeah, having to leave so abruptly was definitely traumatic and I hesitate using the word trauma because um, we usually uh, like reserve that word for very very harsh circumstances but I'm going to put myself into that corner because I think it was I mean it was definitely life-changing being there and it was life-changing having to be abruptly pulled out and I think it's something that I'm going to be processing for a long time and, um, I mean, just going into a Walmart or just seeing other people on the road that speak English, you know, just interacting with people, um, has been very much a culture shock and, uh, definitely dealing with that trauma in my own ways. And I think that those creative projects that I've been going into, this being one of them has helped me and are helping me, um, to deal with that. But as Megan was saying, I only had a couple of days um, before we were evacuated, and I wasn't able to say goodbye to everyone I would have liked to. And um, I think those moments, the last moments I had in my village were really precious, and I'm grateful that I had those, and I was able to say goodbye at least to my immediate host family, but there were definitely some people that I 
I didn't say goodbye to people that I miss. My host sister had a, a young little baby, so I'm missing her growing up. And um, I had plans after Peace Corps to travel with um, with my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Australia 2020 was a yeah, dream that Danica and, and I had. Yeah, um, ironically, Australia 2020 is something we would chant to each other, but yep. that, that did not happen. <laughs> Ever since our Taiwan trip, it was always like our next goal. And yeah. um, then I remember at the beginning of 2020 with the bushfires and everything, we're like, ooh, maybe not. Yeah. But then COVID happened, and then I was like, oh, definitely not. This has to be postponed. Those poor koalas. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I can't. <laughs> Damn. But... Um, yeah, and also speaking of Taiwan, we had this beautiful, glorious um, reunion in Taiwan during my time in Peace Corps when Megan and I met up there. And uh, it, yeah, we needed more time together, so we <laughs> planned that Australia trip. Didn't work. Um, but here we are in, um, in Maryland, of all places, which is quite random, con- considering we met in Florida. <laughs> yeah, we would have never really guessed that this would be where we would be starting a podcast, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, um, cause there's definitely a road that led to, so um, many roads. yeah, a road that led to me being in Maryland and Danica now being in Cape Cod. So, yeah. um, that kind of brings us into our next question. So, um, the concept of loss in 2020 is obviously immense, um, in many ways, both politically, socially in our society. Um, and personally, so Danica, you've dealt with so many heartbreaks and losses, um, during quarantine, during 2020, during this time. So how did you cope with these multiple big life changes that happened in close proximity to one another? How did you stay afloat? Yeah, I'd say that everything that I'm doing is kind of the present tense. So adding like an ING to everything that I'm doing, you know, it's healing, you know, I'm not, I'm not recovered from that trauma in any way, shape or form, but I'm just acting and um, recovering from everything that's happened. Um, But with the huge heartbreak of um, kind of that relationship loss, I didn't know what to do. You know, when something that big happens or, You know, if someone goes through a divorce or some other kind of trauma, um, you don't know how to act in that. And I felt so lost. You know, I just became part of my bed or I became (laughs) part of the sofa for a while. Um, But I started listening to some meditations. I was listening to Tara Brock, who is amazing. And um, she has a lot of free videos on YouTube. But just listening to someone talk and listening to this wisdom that was kind of spewing out of this woman <laughs> through <laughs> through the internet. The imagery there. Yes. Spewing. <laughs> um. it, that was kind of the first step towards recovery. And um, so in that specific instance of flying to Florida in order to be with my boyfriend, but he broke up with me. I still got on the plane Um, because I had a commitment to Megan. Um, At the time, she was about to become engaged, and I I was watching her dog for her, so I didn't want to be selfish and stay in Massachusetts. And plus, I just kind of needed my own time to heal totally alone, um, which I think is important for people to understand um, the need to be alone during those traumatic times. 
And um, so I spent a few days at her house with her dog, hanging out, listening to Tara Brock, and that was very helpful. Also having an animal is definitely extremely helpful. But then we decided to have a road trip because I didn't have anything in Florida, you know? He wasn't there for me in Florida, and my family was in Massachusetts at the time, so we decided to have one of those amazing road trips, <laughs> and all along the way I was leaving little pieces of him Physical pieces, not just kidding. <laughs> we, we were letting go of some of that shit that didn't need to be in our life anymore. Yeah, so a necklace that he gave me that I would wear all the time. I left hanging from a tree in Asheville. I left some of his shirts at a hotel in uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Never forget that hotel. The most creepy quality in. <laughs> yeah, Lancaster quality and do not go there. That was a wild ride. I wouldn't That's... even give them one star. No. Them, like negative ten stars. <laughs> It was a creepy-ass <laughs> experience, but I left some, yeah, just little mementos of him all along, all along the eastern seaboard, really, from Florida to Massachusetts, so if you see some random ob- objects in right. Asheville and or Lancaster... Um, don't touch it, because that's so much negativity. Lots of yeah. bad, <laughs> it's bad juju. juju. Yeah. <laughs> don't touch yeah. it. Um. But I guess <laughs> since then, I've been like working with my hands and getting literally in the dirt when I was farming, and that also gave me a lot of time to think um, to myself about everything that was happening and reflecting. I think it's really important to take that time because if you don't reflect on what's happening kind of like as it's happening and also after, then it kind of builds up in your body and it builds up in your mind and it might become just very negative later on. So I was trying to process it, still trying to process, mm-hmm. again, the ING term of it's all happening. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, those the activities of trying to follow really my gut more and things that are making me happy and not wasting time on things that are not making me happy, which I think a lot of people are realizing and doing because of quarantine, (laughs) starting small businesses or trying to reconnect with people. Um, I think those are ways, good ways that helped me heal. Yeah. And I love that you said that this is still a process that is unfolding. We have not arrived. We don't pretend to have arrived at um, I don't know, enlightenment or full healing. I'm a fucking Buddha over here. You know, yeah. We we don't pretend to be experts um, on <laughs> dealing with this. We have not arrived to the end. If we do arrive to the end, we'll let you know how to get there. But um, we have not <laughs> done that ourselves. And I think um, I think what Danica said really resonates also with my journey too of following our intuition more, what feels right, and being present in the moment. Um, as supports to cope with all of this crap. (laughs) Damn you, 2020. Um, So this brings me to my last question for you, Miss Danica. Um, So one of my favorite things about you, as I said in your intro, is I admire your ability to hustle. Um, Unemployment I've seen can just often crush people. not to diminish your struggle that probably goes unseen, but how did you stay motivated to hustle and to you really hone into your creativity and make this something positive mm-hmm. instead of something that could have been negative or soul crushing? It's <laughs> um, a good question. I think that I'm constantly dealing with that every day because I'm at, 
after COVID, like right now, what we're dealing with this job market to be unemployed is really freaking tough because mm-hmm. there's so many people that are unemployed and so much competition. And currently I am, I mean, I'm working as a nanny, but I don't really count that as full-time employment. And I've been looking constantly and applying. I have a spreadsheet and I've probably applied to over 50 jobs and I've just gotten rejection letter after rejection letter, email. Um, you know, not letters. <laughs> yeah, they don't but... send hard copies anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm trying to, well, he- I'll hear back within the week about another position. Um, but it's just, I guess, keeping hopeful and, um, as I said, trying to pursue things that you think um, are things that you're really interested in that would make you happy. I recently did an exercise um, while journaling, which is something that I'm trying to do every morning. Um, I did a, an exercise where I would write down different careers that I could have had in a past life, and then kind of glimpsing from those ideas of diff- these are different parts of me, right? So, like, there's a part of me that would love to be into herbs and understand a lot more like medicinal herbs um, and foraging and that whole aspect. And then there's a part of me that would love to get into marine biology and a part of me that would love to be an artist and a part of me that would love to be a poet. So I don't think, I mean, we live in this culture where we're just like stagnant. You know, you identify as one career or one choice or one being when we're really holistically so much more. And I hope on this podcast we can talk about the different sides of people and kind of digging deeper into those different facets of, of humanity and identity and which is something that I'm really doing too because another part of that whole job search is I also got into grad school but it's not sh- I'm not sure if it's something that I want to pursue with my whole um, heart really <laughs> so honestly I think the hustling thing came from my parents and my family culture that we have within the family unit. Um, but it's something that I have found valuable, especially as also the oldest child of four, you kind of have to be a hustler. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm continuously hustling. You majestic earth child, you, what a (laughs) great nugget of information there. Um, you're just so beautiful. I love you. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, now I get to talk about you. <laughs> yeah, well, before we talk about us, um, something that we want to bring to the table is um, two happies and a sappy. This is something Danica <laughs> taught me, and I actually um, have in my classroom. So we're going to share, um, sandwiched, of course, one happy thing, um, one kind of crappy thing or a sappy thing, however you happy, sappy, crappy, they all rhyme, mm-hmm. um, and then one more happy. So um, you want to alternate? Yeah, you okay. can go first. Um, well, my big happy is that Danica's visiting. Um, she came down all the way from the Cape, seven hours, to go wedding dress shopping with me, and um, <laughs> we found the one, which is super exciting. Um, and wedding stuff is just feeling more real as the weeks go on. So that's my happy. Your turn. Um, my happy is that our dogs get along. <laughs> Thank God. Because, <laughs> yeah, as Megan just said, I came down from Massachusetts down to Maryland to go dress shopping, and I brought my dog, Dolly, who is still quite a puppy and 
currently going through heat, which is an experience in and of itself. <laughs> She's wearing two pairs of underwear. One one pair of Megan's underwear and one pair of my underwear right now. We cut a little hole through for the tail. And she's sleeping so angelically right underneath our mic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm happy that they get along and they actually seem to like each other and we're playing. Um, and it's really hilarious because Megan's dog is a little wiener dog and <laughs> my dog is a mutt and she's got really long legs. So one is giant and one's small. So it's really cute to watch them play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and Dolly also is a puppy, so she's still learning how to navigate her body and spatial awareness. And She's not good at that. No, it's very funny to watch her try to interact with River, who is newly not a puppy, I would say. He's going on two years old. Um, but, yeah, that's been a huge source <laughs> of joy. You took a good happy, Danica. Yeah. Um, so, Sappy, um, my fiancé, Michael, I talk about him a lot. You'll hear his name often. Um, just Again, started a new job, and he started last week. So he has not been home. And I'm used to him being home for the past couple months um, after he got laid off from one of his jobs back in Florida and um, our move up here, which we'll get into later on. Um, so I, I miss... I miss Michael. I wish he was here more this weekend to spend more time with Danica um, and I as we played around. Of course, not with wedding dress shopping. He's not allowed to come to that. Yeah, but it seems like he seems a little bit happier in that position and that he's um, starting, he's like contributing more to Mm -hmm. the expenses and everything. And as I just mentioned before, the whole job market and COVID is crazy and awful. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy that he found at least a position. Um... Well, my crappy is that, I mean, it's kind of a happy and a crappy, but I have to drive probably <laughs> around eight-ish hours today from Maryland up to Massachusetts. She's leaving me. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, the fact that I'm leaving and also just the fact that I have to drive for so long, which I enjoy mm-hmm. to an extent. <laughs> probably after five hours, I start to just um, wish I was there. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a great... I have two great audiobooks to listen to. I'm listening to Cast, and I'm also also listening to The Vanishing Half, and both of them deal a lot about race in America and racial identity, and um, also about sexuality. The Vanishing Half does, and uh, those are those have been bringing me some happy. So that's my third happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, those books. And so I think I have one more happy left, and you brought up books. And so um, Brene Brown interviewed um, the authors of a book called Burnout. Uh, please excuse me if I'm wrong. Um, Emily and Amelia Nagoski are the authors. And one of them is a scientist um, dealing with health. And the other one is a choral conductor, which um, resonates really well with me because I am a course teacher. And what I love about it is that it's talking about how stress lives in your body. And if you don't complete the stress cycle, you could end up having health side effects and negative things happen in your body because that stress is still there. Your body still thinks that you're not safe. And so that's that's been bringing me a lot of peace recently. So that's my last happy. Yeah. And that brings me into my introduction about Megan. Woo! <laughs> Um, so Megan, as she mentioned, is a chorus teacher and yeah, we've known each other since college mm-hmm. and a lot has happened since college, yeah, so <laughs> but I'm so glad that we can continue having our friendship and our relationship and hopefully 
it gets even better. And I'm so excited for her wedding. And her dress is amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's the most unique dress I've ever seen. And I'm not just saying that. It's, it's real. It's amazing. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> yeah. Can't describe it anymore. But it's amazing. Um, but anyway, so currently she is in Maryland, and that is kind of a recent move. She's been also in a trans- transitionary um, stage, I'd say, mm-hmm. and um, she ended her 2020 school year without saying goodbye to her students, much like my Peace Corps experience, kind of 2020 yanking everyone from their mm-hmm. everyday life, um, because basically, and I was there for that, uh, well, not there there for that specifically, but I was there for the moment that she found out that Florida, shout out to Ron DeSantis, <laughs> Florida was making all the teachers come back um, for in-person learning, brick and mortar learning, and um, we were actually on that road trip, and I remember, I mean, I really, I admire so much, so many things about Megan, but one thing that really stands out, I mean, Okay, two things. One thing <laughs> is her ability to listen and just deeply um, involve herself in any story. And she remembers so many things. You know, I sometimes feel bad because I don't remember some of the stories that she's told me. But she, you can count on her to remember all the stories and check in. Um, she's checked in a lot on me during this time. And I really appreciate that. I think that's an amazing trait. And she's an amazing <laughs> friend. Um, but anyway, the second one, which kind of cues in more to her story, is she's always had an amazing sense of direction and um, kind of just what she wants with her career, with her life, with her relationships. And that could be from, you know, narrowing down her friend list to the people that really matter and that are really important to her to um, making the transition from the Florida school system up to the Maryland school system, which was a huge jump for her, but... A good jump. Yeah, and I talked to so many friends about this. I think, I really I really admire that you were able to just take that leap um, and go from one school system to the other because you were not happy, you know? Yeah. And there was nothing that you could do because of that brick-and-mortar um, announcement. Yeah, yeah that um, you had to go back to school. And I remember you seeing that and just, I mean, your reaction was so physical. And like you were saying, like the emotions Mm -hmm. really uh, manifest themselves physically in the body. And um, yeah, I think that you made the right decision in choosing to leave and come to Maryland. And um, yeah, she navigated Florida's irresponsible response (laughs) and policies. And, uh, yeah, so now she's teaching course entirely online in Baltimore County, Maryland, and she is adjusting to this new life, and she has a beautiful apartment, and I'm really proud of her for making that move, because she's never moved, or she's never lived outside of Florida, so that in itself, I mean, long term, you know, she's never picked up and moved, um, and actually, like, settled down in another place, which... I'm really proud of her for doing, and it takes a lot of bravery, um, and to follow your gut. I can't say it enough, you know, it's it's really commendable. (laughs) Thank you, yeah, it was was probably, that was probably the second big heartbreak of mine, Um, you know, the first one being that I wasn't able to say goodbye to my eighth graders, I was a middle school, of course, teacher, 
and um, so this that being my third year, I this was my first round of students that were mine from the beginning, from sixth, seventh to eighth grade, and um, so that was the hugest heartache that I think I've ever experienced um, was not being able to have that experience of the end of the school year festivities. Go, we usually go to Disney and perform. We um, compete and get ratings based on how we sound. We were going to kill the game, and um, that was a huge heartbreak for me. And then the brick-and-mortar order felt like a slap to the face. I felt like I couldn't breathe when that happened. Um, I was just in disbelief that they were going to the Vietnam closed for so few COVID cases in Florida, and now they were... Ron DeSantis was just so willing to dispose of school teachers into <laughs> these buildings. They didn't. They weren't going to provide PPE, um, and it was crazy. I remember going on that road trip and looking around at the truck drivers, and you know mm-hmm. how the trucks say like, "This could be you," and I was thinking like, "I could be a truck driver. Yeah. I'm a highly effective chorus teacher, and my heart is really in music and in getting to know students, but." When that brick and mortar order happened, I was panicking. I was so stressed um, and legitimately thought about becoming a truck driver. Yeah, we spent like maybe 10 or 15 minutes just researching different things. Or maybe you spent longer. (laughs) But that was definitely um, an option and... uh, well, not really. Not really. It was definitely... (laughs) I would never be a truck driver. No offense, but... But, um, I mean, speaking of... Speaking to her abilities as a teacher, just in the few days that I've been here, she's been messaging and communicating with some of her past students Mm -hmm. that are still in Florida, which just, if you can just close your eyes and imagine a teacher that that would still talk to you even after they moved away or had, I mean, this was not of her own volition really, but um, yeah, she was just really close and she fostered those extremely meaningful relationships with her students and a lot of her students I think needed her and she really filled that um, that void in their life and it makes me really happy to see that she still is is contacted by and talking to and still active in their lives and knows all about you know the teenage gossip that's happening (laughs) and um, I think it's really cute and it shows just how committed she is to her students and also how great of a friend she is a friend and I mean a teacher and a a role model to her students thank you I I love them with all my heart for my first loves (laughs) I think yeah Michael's close second Um, (laughs) what does river fit in (laughs) oh that's really hard (laughs) don't make me rank (laughs) (laughs) that's what we do on this podcast is uh, we rank our loved ones yeah Um, (laughs) no we don't (laughs) no we don't but Anyway, so one of my first questions for you is um, the culture shock between the South and the North, just within the school district itself and just um, in your neighborhoods that you were in Mm -hmm. um, before you were living in the the same neighborhood as the college that we went to school in, but you were um, driving a little bit out of the neighborhood to go to work. but what are some of the differences that you've seen and how have you kind of reacted to those and how have they affected you um, emotionally and um, just, I guess, physically? Yeah, well, that's there's kind of layers to this. So talking about the layer of school systems, different counties that I've worked for, um, coming from my quitting my first job 
in Polk County, um, you know, I, I didn't know really that it was done any other way. I mean, I, I could assume, but I thought it was going to be at least similar. And I found that um, I'm treated so much better in the North. I feel respected. I feel valued as a professional. Um, while in Polk County, the attitude was really defend yourself, defend your program. If you don't have enough students, it's your fault. There was so much blame and shame based on the put onto the teachers um, to make up for systematic lack thereof. You know, um, there was so much pressure put on, and I was stressed. Um, I've been a nail biter my whole life. Twenty twenty is the first year where I stopped biting my nails. Um, I'm twenty six years old, and it was because I left Polk County. I have to say, um, I was not treated well there. Um, and I didn't know any better. So I, I am so happy to be in Baltimore County Public Schools. Um, I feel like they're really trying to protect teachers and students, and they're making sure that they're treating us with respect, um, that we're a part of the team. And no county is perfect, but um, I've, I'm so happy to be here. Um, my administration talks to me like I'm a human. I feel mm-hmm. like that should be standard for anywhere. But um, that was not the way it has always been for me. So I'm very thankful to be under leadership that cares about me, that um, truly wants to know how I'm doing, um, and truly wants to help me achieve what we need to in order to be successful. So um, school system-wise, I'm so thankful. When it comes to political, um, Ron DeSantis is just doing Florida so dirty. Um, and there's a special place in hell for that man not to get too political. But um, I'm very thankful to be in a state where people wear masks and it's not a question of does it work or I don't want to inhibit my own freedoms. I don't want to wear a mask. Like people wear masks walking their dogs here, um, walking outside, which is something that's even a little bit something that I wouldn't think would be necessary. But um, I super appreciate how respectful people are here Danica even noticed this weekend that Maryland people are so nice yeah everyone said hi (laughs) they say hi they like talk to you there's open communication while in Florida I feel like a lot gets swept under the rug and um there's a lot of passive aggressive things Mm. that happen and um so I'm I'm so happy to be here granted I'm only scratching the surface of Maryland um you know experiencing it during this political climate of you know, space and wearing masks, but, um, Mm. this has just been the best move and this was clearly the direction I needed to go in. So, yeah. And, um, so you've been working primarily online with these students. So do you feel like you can have those same kind of connections that you had when you were in Florida and also how culturally is like, what are the differences that you've seen and have you had the same ability to reach out to those students and have those connections? Well, it's tricky because each county does it a little bit differently. In our county, we, Baltimore County, we cannot mandate that kids wear, or not wear, <laughs> kids turn on their cameras or unmute. Um, that's It's for equity purposes. Not all students are ca- comfortable sharing their homes with us or sharing how they look, um, which I completely respect, but has been a big barrier to establishing those relationships. Um, however, I feel now that we're coming to the end of semester one at the end of January that um, I am building these relationships with these students. It is definitely not 
as deep, I would say, just because of time, right? I've only been at this school for maybe six months now, and I was at um, my previous position for three years. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm still giving it time. Um, I'm able to build these relationships, but it definitely has a different flavor to it because some of these kids, like, I've maybe seen their face once or I've seen one picture of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, or I don't know what they, their voice sounds like. Sometimes they unmute and I'm like, who is that? Yeah. You know, um, and I, it, it has brought to light that I miss seeing kids' faces. I miss interacting with them. I miss the daily interactions. And I think when we go back to the classroom, um, I'd like to say I'd never take it for granted again. Um, Of course, we probably will once we forget about this experience. But I feel like I'm going to be a lot more grateful and thankful when we go back to the classroom and I get to see my students and hear them sing. I miss voices. I miss hearing my choirs sing. Um... Mm. So I hope that answers your question. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> it must be pretty difficult to form those valuable relationships when you can't even see people. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I can only imagine everything that you've gone through as a teacher. Um, so that being said, as you mentioned, you were in your past job in Polk County for three years. Yes. Like three years. And um, so how did you find that strength to make that ultimate decision to leave and what empowered you to become like to have that bold choice because so many people feel stuck in their careers or they don't feel fulfilled were you feeling any of that oh absolutely I mean the tricky part about the situation I was in is that um the state of Florida said that all students and teachers had a choice in how they would return in the fall and so I was really you know, after the brick and mortar order, that first shock of like, wow, they're actually thinking about sending us back unprepared, um, Mm. understaffed and, you know, just not in the correct working conditions. You know, I had a lot of hope and got really involved in, um, advocating for teachers through my union, um, and just being very vocal in city commission meetings for mask orders, um, and mask mandates. So um, it brought a lot of awareness um, to how I could impact the world around me and what I could do. So that was a very empowering time. But um, when it came down to it, um, you know, bureaucracies never really fully tell you the truth. And um, I found out, I would say a week and a half before we went back to pre-planning that I was slated to go back face to face, even though I was under the impression that requesting to teach virtually would be respected and um would be fulfilled but um after finding that out I I was sitting on the floor of my old apartment and I was just sobbing I was so upset I talked to my principal at the time and one of my other supervisors um who were very honest and frank with me and supportive of whatever I chose um but I was sobbing because it came down to the choice and in talking to other people in my life that I really value opinions from some people were like just go give it a try And um, to me, that made me sick to my stomach to think, okay, go give it a try, go into your classroom where you're not given proper protocol, where you're not given the PPE that you need, you're never given the supplies that you truly need to run your classroom. And Mm -hmm. to go in and just give it a good college try, hell no, Um, no, I'm gonna... That I knew I was worth more than that, and I knew that my profession deserved to be 
respected and um, I felt like rolling over and accepting this kind of disrespect would have just been wrong. Um, it was against everything that I believe in. And um, so it kind of push came to shove, you know, mm -hmm. and um, it became a like intuition. Like I listened to my gut. It was saying run. Mm -hmm. And I did. Um, I reached out to many collegiate members that I knew from college that I met at um, national conferences. And I asked them what their counties were doing. And one um, shout out to Alexa. Um, she teaches in Anne Arundel County in Baltimore, or not Baltimore, in uh, Maryland. And she recommended that I look into Baltimore County because the state of Maryland was all virtual at the time. And that's when I started getting the bites. And um, I got two offers in uh, less than three weeks. Um, they were about to go get started um, with their school year in September. And um, this position came up that I'm currently in. And I jumped and was able to teach remotely from my dining room in Florida to students in Maryland um, <laughs> until we moved in November. Man, what a time. I never would have thought I'd be teaching chorus from my dining room to children in another state. Mm -hmm. um, the, only in 2020, but it was the perfect time and everything just kind of lined up. And so my advice to people who maybe feel this way is to listen. Mm -hmm. Listen to yourself because um, your intuition, your gut is telling you what to do um and you know of course having the repetitiveness of that you know the brick and mortar order told me to run um you know when I found out that I was going to go back face to face I was told to run by my body and then I finally listened to it and then everything worked out so um really mm -hmm. follow your intuition it's telling you the right stuff yeah definitely and Sounds like divine intervention if I ever heard it. Yeah. That was definitely meant for you on your path. And I love what you're saying about listening to your body. A lot of people, it's hard to hear what your body is trying to say. And what I've found to be helpful is really, I mean, mindfulness is huge. Um, and it's become such a huge thing that people are starting and paying more attention to, but also meditation um, Megan, what are some healthy routines that you've established to keep you grounded? Oh, well, um, this has kind of actually come to light recently. I've been a lot more aware with my routines and how I spend my time now that I feel like I'm finally settled for the first time since that brick and mortar came order came out in what, July? Mm -hmm. June? No, it was June, I guess. June it or July? It was July because it was, it was after... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was during... Yeah, because it was also after I got engaged. So, yeah, yeah in July when... Second week of June. Yeah, July. July. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like my shoulders have been up to my ears since July, that physical sense of stress. And so um, in the routines that I'm establishing and continuing to establish is um, yoga, walks, um, those physical ways of getting stress out of your body and to breathe. Um, breathing has been a very good grounding technique for me. Um, shout out to Pure Edge, which has been very supportive in the classroom to incorporate breathing techniques um to students which have been great what pure edge is yeah it's just a um it's an online website that has a bunch of exercises that guide you through like mindfulness activities really they call them brain breaks um in the classroom because we are focusing on social emotional learning 
um, as well as our content areas. And so it's very important, especially in the virtual classroom, to give kids breaks. Um, mm -hmm. And so one way you could give a break is obviously a stretch or like a little bit of yoga, but really it's mindfulness. And um, I, that's another thing I commend Baltimore County on is that we're teaching these kids coping mechanisms that will help them for the rest of their life so anyway period that's just amazing. really cool yeah it makes me so happy it's awesome and in addition to that they're also they have a big emphasis on equity work which was never even mentioned in florida but that's a whole nother episode <laughs> um, i could talk for days about that but um yeah yoga walking making sure you're giving your body what it needs giving that love back to it because it carries you through everything um, meditation has been helpful. Um, I also dabble a little bit in um, tarot reading, and so I've been working on getting to know, continuing to get to know my decks and um, reading every day as a part of my practice, um, and also limiting screen time, especially since I'm working mm -hmm. virtually now. Um, mm -hmm. I stare at a screen for seven, eight hours a day, and what I was doing was I was, you know, sitting down on my couch and watching Netflix with my love, and um, that was our life. You know, I'd do that on my lunch breaks, and I found a lot of freedom now turning to books that really set my soul on fire, especially Burnout. I'm going to keep mentioning that book because <laughs> it's changing my life right now, um, but replacing some of that screen time with these mindfulness activities or with a walk or things to help you connect with other people or call phone call with a friend or reading your cards um you know the reading a book has been really helpful for me um and just make me feel like I'm more present in my life and that that's my big goal right now is to be present and aware um of what's going on in my life yeah that was beautifully said thank Definitely. you <laughs> um and yeah, like you were saying, I think it's really important to have those little breaks. So many people are working from home and really making a priority to, if you can't get outside, just um, sitting straight, head over heart, heart over pelvis, and breathing. Um, shout out to breaths. Yoga with Adrian. Yeah, we love shout you, out to you, Adrian. Yes, we love you, Adrian. Sponsor us, Adrian. Yo, Adrian. Come talk to us. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's all I was going to say. Well, I guess that brings us to our wrap-up. So um, Danica and I, in talking about how we were laying out this podcast, we kind of came up with a funny little acronym. We always wanted to wrap up our episodes with kind of like a too-long-didn't-read section <laughs> um, of what we covered. But we came up TLDR? with a... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I've been in Nepal the last two years. I don't know. That That is. And actually, <laughs> burnout. I keep going back to burnout. Thank you. You guys are my idols. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, they always have a too long didn't read section at the end. And, so, yeah. wrap up, read burnout. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah, I guess that will be it. But our acronym that we're going to use is um, save a sister from suffering. And by sister, we mean literally anyone. Sass. And we're going to call it SASS. So our short SASS at the end of the episode. What are our takeaways from um, our origin stories that we could impart to our um, listeners. Yeah, so I think what I was hearing from you um, is this whole concept of really tuning into your body and understanding um, the emotional complexities that happen with these different and turbulent times that we're all navigating through, you know, be it the loss of a job or a relationship or a person or changing, moving places, you know, we're all in this stage of transition. And so being really aware of um, what your body is trying to tell you, because ultimately your body is extremely powerful and um, 
and knows a lot more than you might consciously know. So trying to tune into your body is really important. And also, side note, Megan gave me a tarot reading, tarot card reading the other day, and it was so spot on. So <laughs> I'd say she's a pro at uh, tuning into her body and being brave in her in her life decisions and in her card decisions, I guess. Yeah, intuition, yeah. Tapping into intuition has been my biggest goal for this year and um, just being one with my body and one with my mind and whatever mm-hmm. comes thereof, I guess. But going back to what you said, because I really loved how you wrapped up your origin story with the process of healing and how um, it, it's a process. It's truly not somewhere where you ever arrive. Mm-hmm. We're talking a lot about the journey and how we can take from the journey and learn from it and incorporate what we've learned into our lives to ultimately make us happier and that's I think probably like the biggest sass from both of our I'm going to keep calling it I like saying sass because it rhymes with ass um but (laughs) yeah bass too um but here we are um so I think you know the process of grieving of healing um is continuous and um we don't pretend to have arrived and I don't think you should either um it's something that continues and following your intuition and being present for each moment um putting that phone down putting Mm. those screens down as we say sitting in front of three computer screens right now and a fancy microphone but um it's important to unplug yeah definitely and and we hope to help other people you know as well as ourselves in this healing process through this podcast i mean the podcast itself is a way for us to express ourselves creatively but also it's a chance for us to kind of reach out and hopefully some something we said today resonated with you. Um, I know, I mean, at the top of the podcast, I talked about the other podcast I was listening to, and it was basically this woman's story about um, a relationship ending that was extremely significant to her. And that just really inspired me because I felt like I was going through something similar. So hopefully something we said Um, resonates with something similar that you've gone through or are currently going through and we want you to know that we're your friends in this and we're holding your hand on this journey and we're on this journey too we're all we're all in this together to quote uh Troy Troy Bolton (laughs) Zach Efron um or that's a throwback yes and Vanessa um but really, we should be talking about High School Musical, the musical, the series. Actually, it's really good. They're so good. We anyway. watched it together. <laughs> Binged it, really. I, I watched a couple episodes with Danica, and then the next time she came over, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was very surprised, but also not really, because it was good. Yeah, so I guess our ending sass remarks would be follow your intuition, mm-hmm. um, continue your process of healing. And listen to your inner inner guider you know your inner compass like in Pocahontas um where is your spitting arrow pointing (laughs) can you paint with all the colors of the wind (laughs) and I just want to throw in another little takeaway is that dogs are amazing and uh my dog is like cuddling with Megan's leg right now but also sleeping and her dog is also sleeping and I just, I really believe in the healing power of pets, and I'm so glad that I got this dog. Yeah, Dolly. shout out to River and Dolly. They're the true MVPs here. Yes, so together, a Dolliver. 
Thank you for bravely being with us, everyone. Yay, episode one. Tune in to our next episode, which will come out eventually. Yeah, be brave out there, folks. Yeah, bravely be you. Thank you.